Notre Dame 40, Oregon State 8 in the 2023 Sun Bowl. Uh, blowout win for the Fighting Irish. Um, yeah, nice, comfortable win. And uh, we're going to talk about this triumph for the Irish. Notre Dame getting to 10 wins this season. Um, so I'm Mike Singer, joined by our resident football analyst, Tim Hyde, to break down this game. And it was really a dominating game from start to finish, even when, you know, Notre Dame scored that easy, beautiful 96-yard um, you know, touchdown drive on, the, I believe it was their first drive of the game, and then kind of started a little bit, got one late in the first half. But still, it seemed like if Notre Dame gets to 14, they win the game. Oregon State was pretty putrid um, on offense. But, yeah, nice nice victory here, Tim. What's your initial reaction? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I stayed away from texting you all game because I was like, I was cheering like a, you know, crazy fan today uh, down here at the mother-in-law's. Um, I loved it. It was a fun day. I was excited as could be. A lot, lot of good things. When it was bad, it's like, okay, who cares, you know? And Jelly holds the ball for two times, gets sacked. He gets the delay of games. All right, it's his first time he started in, since his high school year, for crying out loud. And those are all just learning things. And, um, man – I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little speechless in, in a good way. And just, it was just exciting. It was really good to see a lot of good young players, a lot of young players all over the place. Um, you know, I've been saying for weeks, I'm so glad Hartman didn't play. And I was really, really even more glad during the game. It was a perfect, perfect day for Notre Dame. Perfect day for a lot of the players. Um, offensively, Jatarian Price looks fully healthy. Uh, you know, love loves the one that looked tentative, and Price just looked like you know, give me the ball next season. I love that. Uh, just a couple quick notes. You know, the offense. I think they only punted one time, right? Yeah. One, one punt. So, uh, I, I got a ton of notes. We could get into a bunch of things. The defense was outstanding. I'm sitting there yelling when they scored because the coach and me. I hate playing backups. I I hate when you know you have a shutout. And you got to play the backups, and they give up a touchdown immediately. I can't tell you how many times that's happened in my life, and I absolutely hate it. So, but it's part of life, right? It's part of coaching. You know, it's going to happen. But um, unbelievable. Uh, kudos. Hey, before, to the offensive line, it's like, I mean, yeah. you are missing. I mean, that graphic they showed, Mike, where the O line, you know, the, the O line didn't miss a snap for ten games, and then obviously the injury to Rocco. And then Zeke in the Clemson game, Ashton Craig comes in, and then obviously Billy Shroff, and then the two tackles getting ready for the NFL. Hey, high five, Charles Jagasaw and Tosh Baker. Those guys, I mean, they were in the top 10 in sacks. The two ends they went against, I think, had 16, 17 sacks combined coming into the game. And the two sacks were really just holding the ball. It was in, you know, like straight pressure. Unbelievable job. I think they, I know, I mean, they had to run for around 250 ish. Great, great job by Coach Rudolph. I wrote, I mean, he, I mean, he's in my notes here. Like, Coach Rudolph, unbelievable job getting those guys ready for a couple weeks. The rookie at quarterback, e even the wide receivers. Um, I, I could ramble. Let's get to some questions. Let's get to whatever the thoughts come into you, Mike. Yeah. Ecstatic. Um, I got some unbelievable stats that just are just, just blow blew me away when I looked at him. So I'll throw those out throughout the show, but good win for Notre Dame. Good win. I don't care about the depletion, Oregon state, Notre Dame had plenty of opt-outs as well. 
and their depth. That was what the big question was. Is the recruiting that's been taken hold the last few years, are we going to see it? Damn right. We saw it today. And that yeah. and that's exciting. Get ready for next year. James, thanks for this $2 Super Chat. Trash, $5 says, always good to get to 10 wins. Always good to get a win going into the offseason. Very excited for next season with all the talent. Quarterbacks have decisions. Uh, Trash, really appreciate um, the $5 Super Chat. Brandon said, I know Oregon State is depleted, but I don't think we could have asked for a better way to leave this season and go into next year. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And, um, I mean, yeah, it's, Notre Dame's defense was outstanding. And that was, aside from... Cam Hart and Leah Fowles. This it was Notre Dame's defense that we saw all year, right? Tim, is there anyone I'm missing that, that opted out? Yeah, you have a uh, yeah, Maris, Cam Hart, and then yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah everyone no else. Players. Yeah, I mean the depth was there. The backups all all you know, it, obviously a couple guys, Ramon Henderson, whatever, but that's fine. They right. I mean, Ramon Henderson with Clarence Lewis, who started in games. Oh, Harper, excuse me, Harper, Nick. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But overall, you're right, Mike. And my thing on D, the Aztec. I mean, they went Aztec package every passing down and just dominated Oregon State. They didn't give up any yards when they went to the Aztec package today. And that the key player in that, you brought this up a couple weeks ago, Jalen Sneed. Sneed replacing Maris Leofow. And Sneed was wrecking havoc. In the in the Aztec, which is the who, dime for those that yeah, don't know. Who played? Player. Who played? Who replaced Harper today? It was Clarence Lewis. Lewis, yeah, Clarence Lewis. They did a lot of three linebackers at times, which was Kaiser, Sneed, JD, and then uh, uh, Bowen got in. The freshman linebacker got in a bunch. Was playing. It looked like the Will backer. They had Kaiser at Rover, JD at Mike, and Bowen at Will. They did that in the second half. Where it looked like back-to-back series with three linebackers in the package. Okay, yeah. Uh, Harold, ten dollars super chat said, and Jelly looked really good. Does this set up a quarterback controversy for next year? I highly doubt it. Um, but like we said going into this game, and Jelly was a good little audition for him. Whether it's you know really really for anyone for Notre Dame in twenty twenty five, if he doesn't leave before next season, or you know, for another Power Five program to look at him. Um, no, so we'll 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 see. But um, I think that Notre Dame knows what they have in Steve Angeli, or, or at least they think they know. Um, you know, based on you know having him in the program for a couple of years. But I think it definitely, you know, Notre Dame is going to be very hopeful that they're going to have Angeli as a QB two because if you have Steve Angeli as your QB two for twenty twenty four. I mean that's that's as good as you're going to absolutely hope for in a backup quarterback. So yeah, he looked he looked good. Uh, Tim, um, I don't know if you had anything to add on that, and then we'll we'll go quickly to trash. Five dollars super chat said media bias against Notre Dame is gross. We have missing players too. Thank you very much, trash. Uh, I know you always like to comment about the the bias and the media about Notre Dame. We're just here to talk ball, uh, but appreciate the five dollars. Did you had of anything you wanted to add on Harold super chat, Tim? Yeah, I mean the. I, I mean, Angeli should not transfer. He, I mean, he's a solid number two. We saw that this year. We saw what he could do when he gets in. He's efficient. Gino Guduli, that's number one on my little uh, note right here. Give him a high five. It's going back to what we talked about in our Wednesday night show. You yeah. know Stephen Jelly. He's been with him for an entire season. Spring ball, winter, blah, 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 blah. He knows what he could do. The game plan for him was outstanding. With the, Rolling him out, moving the pocket, yep. keeping keepers, Mike. Mike, he did zone reads today, which was 
so nice to see a quarterback at Notre Dame do that. Is he a blazer? No, but he's efficient enough. May, may I interrupt was, you? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Go for it. May I interrupt you? Jimmy, thanks for your $2 super chat. You have clowned Steve a little bit. You know, maybe not clowned, but you kind of make some remarks about his speed, you know, kind of jabbing me a little bit. He showed some burst that I didn't even think he had. Like, he he did run the ball well. Maybe doesn't need to stop hurtling. It's, you know, it's fine. They recovered it, you know. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's like a drop pick. There, you know, there was no pick, so it's fine. You know, we'll just forget about it. But he did yes. look good running the ball, Tim. That's something that I didn't think he had, and I'm looking like that. Like he had some yeah. I mean, the quarterback. I mean, when he fumbled, uh, you know, obviously, like you're saying, he's jumping around, hurtling, you know, thinking he's you know Lamar Jackson, but that's okay. Hey, what was it? What was it? Second and fifteen, he gets thirteen or what? Fourteen, whatever it was. And then there's the couple zone read keepers were unbelievable. They uh, they called a couple quarterback draws. It was um, him. Ro- the biggest part of the game was just him just moving, just moving out of the pocket, doing some little dumps. Yeah. Um, a couple of the early pass plays they set up with the motion, the crossers, his patience in the pocket drove me nuts on the two sacks. Cause I'm screaming, get rid of the damn football, but his patient all obviously helped him with the uh, crosser to Thomas. Another one, I think it was to great house. Um, he was solid. He was unbelievable. I was, I mean, I mentioned the other day, I hope he wins the MVP. I'm sure he's the MVP of the game. He was. No, Faison got it. Are you kidding me? Not well, kidding his me. catches. Well, let's go. I mean, let's just jump into him. His catches were unbelievable. But he looked good. You can't catch the ball, Mike, unless his dime dropped right into you. That one, and their slot fades. They run a lot of those slot fades, which were um, outstanding. Out- outstanding. Um, I mean, the very first touchdown. The way they, uh, you know, they it's a smash route. They got reared in the corner and they hit dump it to Thomas. It was a great play. But Faison's the whip route. But the whip route, the last nice. touchdown he did, where she goes out and comes back in, that's an audible. If people go back and rewatch that play, that's an audible by Steve Angeli. So he's out there audibling, checking out of it because they brought everyone and their mother on that blitz. All right. Angeli checks it, dumps it. Yeah. I'm a little bummed that he didn't get the MVP. All right, you know what? You know what, Tim? The MVP. That's why, like, people always are like, "Why is someone not ranked a five star? They got this award." I'm like, "Award is just some other subjective thing." Like, who? Awards don't really mean anything. So, how about this? Blue and gold is naming Steve Angeli the Sun Bowl MVP. (laughs) He's the blue and gold MVP for the game. So, you guys tweet that out. Steve Angeli, the blue and gold. MVP for the Sun Bowl. Oh, there you go, go, folks. Faison but was, uh, Faison was great. It, it, oh, no, it was outstanding. The catch that he did was the the one slot fade was a beautiful pass from uh, Angeli. Boom, right, right, right into the, you know, the bucket right there. It was, it was great. So, no, that's, I mean, Faison had a nice game. I think I saw the graphic on uh, CBS. They had what Faison and Thomas combined, the most receiving yards. Yeah. Two wide receivers for the Irish in a bowl game, so that's great to see. All right. Uh, so, Tim, I was sweating during the game a little bit with my prize picks for this game. Oh, um, this is our Friday show. Is when I we we talk about my prize picks. We we do the show with Kyle Kelly, our recruiting update video. Well, obviously, we're not doing that one today. We got this um, this post game show, but we are still going to hear from our sponsor um, for today's. Um, show when it is prize picks 
where you have an entry and you pick two to six players. And if they're going to go more or less than their prize pick projections, you can win 25 times your money on any entry or even potentially more. Um, you choose, yeah, choose two players uh, from any sport. You got football, basketball, college and pros. Um, for men's and women's basketball, NASCAR, MMA, cricket, soccer, just about anything. You have a flex play where you can still win if one of your pick misses, um, or power plays, which has higher payouts, but you must get all of your picks right. They do uh, fun weekly promotions like Taco Tuesday and then Flex Friday, and I'll show my Flex Friday um, pick that I had, and it did include this game. I thought about, Tim, going with the Angeli over... 177 passing yards, um, but I did end up going with Bengal Branson, less than 183 passing yards. I was sweating, um, you know, late in that game, uh, and he ended up with 180, and now I need uh, Dante um, DiVincenzo to uh, have more than 10.5 points and assists combined, and then DeAnthony Melton, um in some NBA action tonight, more than 18.5 points in assist combined. So that's a flex play, uh, $20 entry. If I hit two out of three, correct. I get my money back plus five bucks, go three for three, get my money back plus 25 bucks. So it's a fun way to uh, kind of stay, um, you know, connected with, with some of these basketball games and whatnot with the football season being over and, you know, give me something to watch. So, and uh, yeah, you guys can uh, use the promo code BGI, um, and uh, you will receive a hundred percent instant deposit match of a hundred bucks. So uh, you want a little extra, you know, something to keep your attention during these uh, college football playoff games and whatnot. So use the promo code BGI. Hundred percent instant deposit match, hundred up to one hundred bucks. Check it out, PrizePicks.com. All right, Tim. Uh, I wanted to go back to your point on Gino. Did you see things differently? Like, did, was there anything that really stood out to you that he did differently than we saw with Jared Parker? I think the a lot of rollouts, moving the pocket, whatnot, that was definitely different. I noticed, I felt like it was a lot more pistol than we're used to seeing. Um, you mentioned the RPOs, but yeah, the, the, the pistol, I thought we saw a lot more than we did with Hartman, but I, I might be mistaken. Yeah, I mean, pistol's in there. I mean, they run pistol a bunch. It's how they run duo. Uh, they ran pistol a lot with Reese. Um, one thing that really stood out is they ran a lot more guard tackle counters. The old school GT uh, saw that a bunch today. I've, I mean, probably six, seven times they ran that. So they must have saw something in film to be able to run counter on them. They got stuffed a few times, and then when it hits, it hits, and they had a few of those. But um, that, I mean, no, I mean – you know what? I mean, you got a quarterback coach that knows his quarterback and just wanted to do a few different things. He wanted to move the pocket, which you move the pocket. You don't move the pocket with Blake Fisher and Joe Alt. They're just going to stand out there. There's no need to. So today right. you got Tosh Baker, Charles Jagasaw, a true freshman who looks sloppy at times. And then he looks unbelievable at times because that's a freshman who just started practicing basically a couple weeks ago. Right. Because he's coming off an injury. Um Tosh Baker, I was very, very excited about him. I thought he had some outstanding blocks. There's one outside zone play that got stuffed, but he just pancakes the living heck out of a dude, smashes the smashes them. Um, Charles had a big block on one of the big runs on a on a one of the touchdown ones I saw. But that's why they moved the pocket, was just to get Angeli out there so those tackles aren't sitting up. Because that once again, Oregon State strength was their pass rush. But um it was a no. It was, it was a few nice wrinkles to attack Oregon State 
and to limit what Notre Dame did. I thought Gino Gadulli was outstanding today doing that. Limiting yeah. limiting the negatives uh, uh, for Notre Dame today. As much as I am impressed with Angeli in the game today, and you know, I thought Gino did call a really good game. Like, I I don't think you know there, there's any reason to just like take the like to re, uh, you don't overreact too hard on it. Like Gino is not, sure. um, you know, the next insert, you know, a prolific offensive quarter name here, and Angeli. You know, we don't need to start the Heisman campaign for Angeli yet. Like it was a Sun Bowl against a depleted Oregon State team, but those guys did what you wanted them to do and then more like Angeli was outstanding. Um, some discrepancy on his um, yardage, like that. What I've been popping up the screen says 14 of 18 for 212. The broadcast said 15 and 19 for 232. I tend to agree with the 232. I just think that that sounds better. So we're going to, we're going to go with that, but Which yeah, Angeli was fantastic. Um, didn't dink and dunk the whole time either, Tim. How about him having some shots downfield? I'm sure you liked that. Another thing you always would tease me about. Yeah, I'm on the. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on the, the ESPN app's got 15 and 19 for 232. That's what the ESPN one has. Um, no, I mean, he threw, I mean, once again, you know, those balls to phase on the post to phase on. It's just an, you know, inch behind him, or that would have been a touchdown on the post. Uh, nice play call on the play action. Uh, down there, the play on third down right before Payne got stuffed an inch short of the uh, one to Raritan, right there for Raritan to get, you know, a touchdown. You know, and he just didn't come up with it. But, uh, no, I, and Jelly did some really, really nice things, you know. Um, a little slow, mechanical at times, but I think that's just him. I think that's just his mannerisms out there. He's very calm. The announcers talked about that. You could see his calmness, his relaxation out there reading things he was i mean hey he was nice and this is why you know the you know instantly it's like well if he's not starting he leaves all right well if riley leonard once again stubs his toe and he's got to miss a half who's the backup quarterback so i think angeli goes into that spring i mean i hope he doesn't leave i, I mean i'll be honest with you i hope i mean who knows right and, and nowadays in college football yeah uh, you, you have no clue i hope he doesn't leave because he is a solid number two quarterback that could go in there and help Notre Dame win games. How about uh, this, this headline? This headline back from February 2022. What makes Notre Dame quarterback Steve Angeli so calm, cool, and collected? I mean, I've been I've been throwing the three C's at him for a that. while because he's – I would also throw in a fourth C. He's confident. Um, he, he's definitely confident in his ability. So, yeah, uh, the Angeli watch all offseason is going to be fascinating because, you know, you remember that uh, that photo of him, Buckner, Pine, and Hartman? You remember that? Two guys at that table. You had Pine transfer out for greener pastures. That didn't work. Buckner transferred out for greener pastures. That didn't work. Both of those guys sitting back at, you know, the Chipotle table in South Bend or wherever they were. Um, so you, I do have to wonder, like, does Angeli see that and think, you know, maybe I do stick it out? Or is he like, no, nah, I'm betting on myself? I, I don't know. Or does he bet on himself at Notre Dame? It's going to be fascinating. We're going to talk Steve Angeli all offseason. Um, well, of course, we'll talk about as well. well. Well, the quote, you know, when, once going back to the announcers, the announcers asked Steve, why didn't you transfer? And he was just like, I like Notre Dame. I mean, I'm here. I'm the next guy. All, you know, all those things we're talking about. So this obsession uh, well, you got to start. You got to start. You got to start. Well, and you're, you know, as a coach, it's always like you're. You're still one play away. 
Yeah, they and gave the Mac like, comparison too. Exactly. You're still one play away. Heck, hey, I'm a SoCal guy. Miller Moss from USC. Yeah. Grew, grew up just a few houses down where, where I was a head football coach for a decade. Unbelievable family, unbelievable young man. Went to Alamany and then COVID, just like Tyler Buckner, got his senior year yanked away. Miller Moss, he goes out there and throws for six touchdowns. And all that's been the talk throughout the west side of Los Angeles is when's Miller Moss transferring? And he was like, I'm at USC. What the hell do I want to transfer for? It's like, eventually it's me. And now five-star Malachi Nelson leaves. You know, it looks like he could be the guy next year. So you just never know. And sometimes it's okay to sit where you are. And just bide your time, and eventually you're a guy. Look at for crying out loud, look at Tosh Baker today. Tosh yep. Baker has a fifth year and a sixth year left. He could be Notre Dame's starting right tackle for two seasons instead of just transferring. He's the senior, he's the class of 2020. He could graduate, he could be a grad transfer, but he's he's waited and now he started today, he kicked butt today, and who knows what his future holds. So there's plenty of players that could do that. So not Everybody, just because you're a backup, automatically goes to transfer portal. You know, yeah. I mean, look, I like uh, just real quick, KJ Wallace, KJ Wallace, uh, the Notre Dame guy a couple years ago. I just saw today on Twitter is transferring after being at Georgia Tech, so he's going to go to his third school. He started for crying out loud this year. They just won a bowl game and he's transferring. So yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, I, it's something we've talked about. It's like when you're going into your junior year, and I'm focused on Notre Dame here from what we have seen. When you go into your junior year, it's like, am I starting? Cool, I'm here. If not, I'm dipping. Like that's what we've kind of seen as the trend. So I would like to see Angeli buck that trend. I, selfishly, um, for sure, I would like to see him, um, you know, not leave uh, because you know I, I just kind of have enjoyed following his career in South Bend. Uh, but also, I think it, it could be good for him because Leonard, it's not like, you know, knock on wood, everyone, but it's not like Leonard is has a clean bill of health, you know, for his, you know, well, playing time. And well, let's, let's, so. Yeah, I mean, let's spend 30 uh, seconds on the two transfers that left. They're coming back for crying out loud to get a Notre Dame degree after being gone a semester. So going to your point, is it always better just because you leave? No, there's a. One of those two guys could easily be the starting quarterback for Notre Dame in 2024, and they're not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ND Dan uh, here says, uh, it's called developing. Leaf for greener pastures doesn't always work out. I was about to say, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. So I have a few super chats. Um, Eric says, is Faison a star in the making, or is he just taking advantage of the thin wide receiver for the depth chart? I think both. I think that he kind of helped break – like the the – Thin depth chart helped break him into the rotation that we saw against Louisville. And I think he is a star in the making. Yes. And it goes back to camp. Uh, Kyle Kelly and Tyler Horka constantly were talking about, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's so many posts on the message board from, from those two, you know, writers for blue and gold. Oh my God, this, this walk-ons out here tearing it up. And it's like, okay, cool. You know, a nice little walk-on. And then by Louisville. Yeah, you're right. There's injuries. He has to play. I think we saw that with with Thomas being out for as long as he was. If he was healthy all year, it's a different offense for Notre Dame. They got a legitimate wide receiver, but Faison just kept working his way up. I saw someone in the chat earlier said, oh, he should have been starting all year. He didn't get to school till August 1st, so he should not have been starting all year. It took him two months to get caught up, and once he did, his speed. I'm telling you, everybody out there, if you've yet to see his highlight film, go watch his senior highlight film. 
it is all him playing wildcat running around like a wet noodle rolling down a you know wall he's all over the place and he is fun to watch so it's all of those it's injuries and he's definitely a star because he's got unbelievable playmaking ability he can make plays on the ball yeah. and that has been badly missing at notre dame the last few yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because he, he feels like when he has the ball in his hands, he's more of a one-cut-and-go guy. He's not going to make a ton of people miss in a phone booth. Um, So he like I, that was kind of Chris Tyree as well, but his receiving skills overall just seem better than Tyree's. Like He seems like Tyree to me, but a better receiver. And a um, freshman. He's got three he's you know, years freshman. ahead. Yes. Yes, uh, that was – you know, and that was real quick when Tyree left. Everyone was like panicking. Oh, he's they're they're going to be fine. They got more than enough guys. And the fact that Faison went out and did what he did today, that's awesome. Uh, Keith Graham, uh, the with the fourteen says, uh, Faison, thanks for a great season, guys. Yeah, thank you very much, Keith, um, for the super chat and the support, my friend. Uh, Jeff Hoy says, I see a peanut butter nil endorsement for Angeli coming down the pike. Any thoughts on that, Mister Singer? Yeah, let's get GIF on the on the line. Um, right. That's the peanut butter brain. Yeah. Let's get, let's get them on the line. Listen, this is the thing. Like if Angeli would have stunk it up, everyone's like singer, you're an idiot. Like these things. And Angeli does really well today. And there's a lot of singer, like he's him, bro. You were right. I'm like, I don't know. This is, this is one game. Let's calm down a little bit. Like if you thought I was going to come on here and have a victory lap, it was more of like a victory spin. You know, it's just a quick little 360 spin. I just, you know, gave Tim a little something, something, you know, um, but otherwise, yeah, I, I don't think you call up Riley Leonard and tell him to go back home. You know, like, come on, uh, you, you know, you, oh, you, you, I, would, you won both. No, exactly. Because Riley Leonard went, I mean, Riley Leonard's got a cannon for an arm and yeah. fast as could be. So, but what Angeli did today is show shows he could go out there and do things. He's, he can't, he, he's, I mean, he can do some things. And this is just real quick to even give Angeli a couple more little little mini high fives is is this wide receiver room is obviously what, what I mean, what is it? They're top four guys all left, right? All the top guys. And you still got the best, one of the premier tight ends in the country got injured and he was missing. So you got, <laughs> you got Raritan who's been injured two years in a row playing his butt off. You got Flanagan out there a ton. They still did a ton of 12 personnel. Sherwood's out there rolling around, but even the wide receivers, they were still limited. We didn't see Colsey. We didn't see KK Smith, which that's all we've heard about all, all, all December. It was Faison, Great House, Thomas, and that's and, and Salerno. Hell yeah. of a, by the way, the slant to Salerno was unbelievable as well. Great catch by him. So he did some stepped really good things. Limited. What's he that? stepped up in the pocket real nice on that one, too. He had plenty of time, but the pocket did start to cloud. Maybe that step up fired. Um, yeah, O-line did well today. I think I mean the offense was clicking. That was a nice, that's a nice win for the Irish. Now the whole thing about like, oh, this just gives you all of the momentum, excuse me, momentum going in the offseason. I think you feel good for about a week and it's like, oh yeah, we lost to Louisville on the road and we lost to Clemson. And you know, I think reality starts to creep back in a little bit. But yeah, it was a yeah, nice no, it was a nice outing by Steve. Exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's all momentum, and you know, and unless they lose the A and M, so who gives a damn, right? It's like it's nice. It's a nice way to end this season. Yeah, it was. Um, and you know, and real quick, just a couple. I I threw out a few stats the other day, and especially in our in our little preview show that came out yesterday, is 
I went back, man. This, this is a wild step. And Marcus Freeman today is one back-to-back uh, uh, playoff games. Jeez, Tim, I wish. Back-to-back bowl games against ranked teams. The last time, this is crazy for everyone listening, the last time a Notre Dame coach has won back-to-back bowl games was Holtz in 91, 92, 93. We'll in a bowl it. game. And it hasn't happened since. Hasn't happened since. That is that is a crazy stat of where Notre Dame, going back to Notre Dame fans starving for a quarterback, an OC, high-tech offense, all those things. It's like we've been in this just this, you know, what, what is it? The not the DMZ. Everyone's talking about, oh my God, I can't even think. Where all the I was in there in Mogadishu for crying out loud. No man's land. There you go. Yeah. yeah. No man's land for 30 years. And and that shows you right there when you haven't even won back-to-back bowl games over ranked opponents, because that's kind of tells you when Notre Dame's been in the big games, they got their butts kicked. And the other bowl games that Brian Kelly won were all the, like the middle of the tier ones. And of yeah. course, Marcus Freeman has, but they're ranked teams. And that's that's a cool little uh yeah. kudos thing for it Marcus is. It is. it is everyone everyone in the chat yelling at me for about 10 wins listen i've been saying that too but listen you guys are notre dame fans you guys don't it's not about 10 wins you guys tell me that all the time so sure. it's, it's nice it's nice i'm with you there that was something that tim and i've talked about for a couple weeks now yes but i mean come on at the end of the day it's not about it's not about 10 wins a uh, couple super chats more to go uh but let's first hear from um our sponsors over at my perfect franchise uh, and I do have to ask you guys a couple of questions as we do that. And they are, are you a displaced corporate executive wanting to put your career in your own hands? Or are you an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify? If you're, if you're saying yes to any of these questions, Andy Ludicky can help you out. He is a huge college sports fan and franchise veteran having owned multiple franchises and businesses and using Andy's expertise. He's going to help you find your American dream through a very thorough consultation and evaluation process. Give Andy a call at 404-973-9901 and put your life and career in your own hands. And best of all, his services are 100% free to you. So what do you have to lose? Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net. Give Andy a call at 404-973-9901. Michael with the 10, he says, good way to end the season. Thanks for the great coverage this season. Greets from Germ- uh, uh, yeah, uh, Greetings from Germany to all Notre Dame fans all over the world. Happy New Year. Michael, thank you very much, my friend. It's late over there. Uh, get some sleep. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Tyler Fisher said the offensive play calling and flow seemed better than had all season. Thoughts? I think so, but part of it uh, is, you know, Oregon State was bad. I mean, you know, that's part of it. You know, I'm not trying to counterbalance too much, but, you know, Oregon State was also bad, but the play calling was, you know, it, it did feel like it had a good flow, but again, it will have a good flow if, you know, you can kind of do whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, we could say Oregon State was bad, but their strength of their football team is their front, and those guys all play. And I thought Notre Dame offensive line just – played their tails off there you know they had you know but they had some opt-outs as well and you know but it's just one of those it's just one of those games I think moving forward if Notre Dame's not in the playoffs and they're in games like this this is what we're going to see we're going to see a bunch of opt-outs we're going to see a bunch of guys playing a bunch of first-time guys which we did see today we saw a lot of guys having huge roles I know Clarence Lewis has played he's been in the program but he didn't play a lot because Harper was the stud nickel so he had to come aboard 
And just, oh my God, Mike, I can't believe we haven't even mentioned this. How about kudos to Mr. Mickey for losing yeah. his mother yesterday? Oh my God, it, it's been on my mind. Lo- losing his mom and then coming out there 24 hours later and just playing his butt off. Seriously, playing his butt off. Just, you can't, uh, you know, unbelievable for that. For, uh, for that young man, just probably being around his team, being all around that. He knew his mom's been in hospice, so all those things. So, you know, you hate to say it's a shock and all that. It's losing anyone. It, it always is. But, um, man, I, I can't even imagine being a 20-year-old young man playing out there in a bowl game and, you know, losing your mom. mom. So kudos to him uh, who played his butt off. So, yeah, I'll go from there. Yep, thoughts and prayers with the Mickey family. Um, yeah, a, a family I've gotten to know and um, a really outstanding people, and, and including Miss Mickey. So, um, you know, definitely rest in peace for her and, and prayers with the family. Uh, Tim D says, Faison is a classic slot guy, slot guy uh, fast enough to be a deep threat at times, perfect possession type of receiver in the 15 or five yeah. to 15 yard range. Yeah. He's going to be one of those guys. You're just going to, I mean, the whip route for the touchdowns, perfect example, just a little five yeah, yard dump, nice. make a move. That's, that's the difference with, between him and Tyree. I, hey, Tyree had a solid career at Notre Dame, did a lot of good things, but he was never the catch it, make a guy move guy. He just wasn't. And he wasn't that as a running back. Same thing with Jeremiah Love today, catching that flat route, cuts one foot down, makes a move, scores a touchdown. These are some of the guys that are, that Notre Dame has, it's going to be playing more and more of a role that could break it, just break it on a dime. And, uh, you know, they have, you know, they're going to have some of those guys. Someone says, where was great house? Great house was out there, played a ton. Great house mm-hmm. is the intermediate possession guy. He's not going to run by guys and go the, the fades and the slot fades like a phase on can. So a uh, solid, solid football player. Who's going to catch a lot of passes for the Irish. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think we had one more super chat queued up. Uh, Tyler Fisher said Irish by 30 over AM, dumpster fire and college station. Well, Tyler Fisher from uh from your lips to God's ears. Um okay, Tim. How about we 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 do a little film time? This is not something we usually do. Um, but uh, you know, I'm kind of YOLO these days, man. Just let it loose. Let's just see what happens. So Steve Angeli hitting Jordan Faison for a big gain. This was the first offensive play for Notre Dame on the day, if I recall correctly. Uh, tell us what you see on this one. Uh, throw it to the fast guy. <laughs> that was the first thing I saw. It. Get it to the guy that can run. Uh, that's what makes good offensive coordinators, right? Get it to the – it makes good quarterback play. A little bit uh, of busted I- coverage. Yeah, no, exactly. But that's the motion. They didn't do the check properly, you know, all those things. So, you know what? And this, you know, this could have happened on on the other side, but it didn't. You know, when you're, you know, we talk about opt outs and things of that nature. I, I, I'm going to try and get away from that and just talk about the actual play of what we saw. And that's a hell of a football play. It's a hell of a call, hell of a setup to try and get phase on one on one on someone. So, and uh, yeah, a busted play and go make a big play. Yeah, I, I was feeling really good. I thought about you on this play. I was like, man, you know what? Dink and dunk Angelia, just, you know, 55 yards on the first play of the game. I loved it, Steve. Or, uh, no, Tim. exactly. I, 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 I did love it, Steve, and, and Tim I also loved. No, I mean, you know, but his dinking and dunk, which he threw, the one he only did the – I was surprised he didn't do more RPOs. He only threw the one five-yard out route, which he's really good slinging it, um, you know, with some of those. But um, overall, I – I just keep going back to, I thought Gino did a hell of a job knowing 
the strengths of Angelia. I think we saw so many of those today. So that's, you know, that was what it was exciting overall as the game got going, you know? Okay. Uh, and then later on, I think, yeah, later on that drive, it was a long drive. Uh, yeah, Thomas Angelia has, let's see, who's at the bottom of the screen there? I can't, I can't tell, but he's got Rared in the top of the screen in the slot. Looks like Jaden Thomas. I think this is Faison, and maybe this is Jaden Greathouse at the bottom of the screen. Um, so he has three receivers in a small area, but makes the right read here. Four, actually, with the running back, Jabran Payne, but finds, uh, yeah, yeah. finds Jaden Thomas on a little, uh, you know, sit down route coming inside yeah. makes, makes a nice play. No, exactly. It's, you know, whatever you want to call that thing, it's a scout route. You got three three-man route you got the flat you got the quick little hitch and then it's boom you got the corner up top you know he could have easily thrown the corner for a touchdown but thomas comes open so fast touchdown right there so it was not hey it was really nice to see thomas today i I mean we haven't seen him in ages so the fact that he caught some nice passes was running fast looked athletic um like back to his old self you know was he blazing was he in shape and things of that nature he probably didn't give it a, a big go until recently just to keep that hamstring, you know, loose, 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 getting that thing, uh, you know, warmed up for this game. But, it, man, it was really nice to see him today. So, All right, and then probably both of our favorite plays of the game um, was uh, the, the Angeli dime to Faison. And uh, we won't show the, the tighter angle where it started to bounce between Faison and the DB a few times, but – to get the ball there, it was a really heck of a throw by uh, Steve Angeli. Um, and they do love throwing these wheel routes, or, or the slot fades, I should say. Slot fades, um, man. This has been – they have – I mean, they threw these to Michael Mayer last year. Reese would call these with Mayer and just beat one-on-one coverage. It's a great play against – man, because, you, you know, because you're pushing it, pushing it right to that sideline so that safety can't get over the top and help and, and man free and things of that nature. So it's a nice – I mean, this is a hell of a throw. Seriously, I, I mean, I know I, I like say dink and dunk, all those things. Hey, speaking of that, we didn't see any screens. I thought people would be losing their minds today because Parker didn't call enough, so we didn't see any screens yeah. today. So, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's not a ton of play action either. Now I'm thinking about that. I don't. Just, yeah, just a couple little small subtle things, nothing major, um, and whatnot. So there was that was like just- double play action where uh, Rared and almost came in that touchdown, but otherwise it wasn't wasn't. Yeah, super. Yeah, that, that was a nice play because he was right there. Nice little one-on-one play he had. But this is a hell of a yeah. throw, man. That's a yeah. hell of a catch. That's a damn darn good football play right there. And you got, you know, a sophomore throwing it to a true freshman. That's that's pretty nice. There, you know, and there's so, there's so many young guys out there. I mean, even the old line. It's like Billy Shrout's a redshirt freshman. You know, it's like same with Ashley Craig and a true freshman and Charles Jagasaw. You know, people are like, well, why didn't, you know, people were thinking, why didn't, Char- you know, Charles get more reps? And Charles came into camp after an injury. So he wasn't yeah. even healthy until middle of the season to get himself ready to roll. So he must have had a heck of a practice, a heck of a, you know, uh, bowl training camp here to earn that spot. I thought he did good. He got beat on one spin move. I rewatched it five times. I'm like, oh, that's just their guy who has nine sacks in the Pac-12 doing a spin move on Charles. But Angeli got rid of the ball on that one. So um, other than that, I thought he did good. They did a good job just writing those ends out, giving Angeli some time. And going back to, uh, once again, I was 
I was impressed with Baker. Really looking forward to going back and rewatching the, you know, the big five up there. And it was nice to see them just play. Boom, you're the five in this game. Go play. Go play, go play, go play. And that was pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, let's hear from our third sponsor for today's show, and that is Homefield Apparel, an amazing collegiate clothing line based out of Indianapolis. And they have some license, officially licensed and comfortable clothing, uh, and their designs are fantastic, especially uh, for folks watching on YouTube. You see these Notre Dame designs. They are fantastic. Really shows the authenticity and nostalgia um, of your Fighting Irish football program that you love. Um, so they actually have licenses to over 150 colleges. So get yourself some home field gear. Um, and then, uh, you know, if your wife's a, a grad of a different school, you know, maybe get her something too. You could, you could gift something, uh, to someone and then also sneak yourself in a gift. That's what, that's what you got to do these days. Uh, and when you use the promo code blue gold 23, you'll get 15% off your first order with home field. Uh, it's a site that is easy to shop to find the perfect college gear you need to complete your game day outfit. So, uh, be prepared for the fall, um, or heck the spring. You know, I'll be walk, rocking my tennis sweatshirt to all of the Notre Dame tennis um, matches. You already know it. Um, so head to homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code BLUEGOLD23 and receive 15% off your first purchase. I was actually wearing this baseball, this Notre Dame baseball tee, um, you know, just yesterday. Um, yeah, some really good stuff at home field. I love it. I know Goolsby has loved his gear as well. Um, and, uh, you know, he loves rocking that Sam Hartman shirt. So check it out. Use the promo code BLUEGOLD. 23 continuing on tim with a couple more um you know plays that were notable from this game um how about angeli to phase on again and uh this was that beautiful little you know you think he's going out cuts in look at in uh, look at phase on at the bottom of your screen right here um let's see you, you can only see it there like he's about like he's it's facing the sideline uh and then swivels back inside um and and you know got the speed to get in the end zone and yeah it was a really nice pitch and catch here for uh you know a, a touchdown for the Irish yeah I mean that's that's a great and this was the uh the audible you know and jelly audibles into this play which I thought was very impressive so he's checking the sideline Freeman's losing his hair because he's saying hurry up you can see him a handful of times doing that after they got that second delay of game, and which which is a, a a real quick. Yeah, I heard the announcers talking about some of those clocks. Man, they must have got those things rocking because they caught Notre Dame off guard a few times. But uh, no, that's a heck of a route. Nice audible all out blitz. No one's in the middle of the field. Call the whip route and piece of cake right there. So that was you know that was that was a heck of a play. And then uh, one more that I really liked, Tim. Was a uh, Steve Angeli lowering the shoulder? <laughs> this was uh, this was pretty good. Uh, nothing, nothing yeah. going. Shows off the little agility and speed. Maybe not so much agility, speed there, and then uh, trucks forward. Adds a couple more yards. That's kind of one of those things. It's your first start. Your adrenaline's going. You're going to lower the shoulder, of course. I think on the next time he did that, he did slide. But uh, yeah, liked. Like what we saw here from uh, from Steve getting outside the puck and everything. And then, you know, the CBS pans over to Sam Hartman. And I love this tweet from Goolsby. And this was early in the game. He said, in terms of a broadcast, Sam Hartman equals Taylor Swift. 
which had me crying laughing. And I, I told my wife, I was watching the game with, I said, the difference between Sam Hartman and Taylor Swift is that Sam could have been playing in the game. Taylor is just there to support her boyfriend. Um, and, and, and she's not asking to be shown, you know, Sam Hartman could have been, could have been playing in the game. What's the big difference between these two? But, uh, yeah. So. Which nice I'm glad he did. Nice uh, little the show. Yeah. I mean, I'm just glad. I'm, I'm glad he didn't play. I'm so glad he didn't play. I've been saying that for three weeks. I'm glad he didn't play. It was nice to see and jelly out there getting his thing, um, in this game. And it was awesome. It was, yeah. aw- it was awesome to see. Yeah. So. Um, I'm just looking through. I, I did think Jaden Thomas looked fa- fantastic. Like that Jaden Thomas, um, I, you know, yeah. I don't think you need him to be your number one receiver, but as a number two that he, he just, when I see him and he's lined up next to the tight end, he kind of does some H back type stuff. Like just get, I get Larry Fitzgerald vibes from him. Um, not saying he's going to be Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. But just that, like the way he plays, I, I love me some Jaden Thomas. Thought it was really good to see him bounce back. I was disappointed with no Deion Colsey. Don't know why he didn't play. I expected him to do so, and he, I just didn't see him out there. So it's very, still, uh, very strange. Yeah. yeah, I'll say with Colsey. I mean, he hasn't played, but Navy, Tennessee State, it's been that long. So, um, yeah, I mean, they went with the, the healthy guys. They went with the you – know, you know, they went with the guys that have been – ready to roll for so long, putting Colsey out there, you know, what, you know, what would he have done that the others didn't, I guess, you know, especially they, they still did a lot of 12 personnel hammered the rock 40 something times uh, in the game, which was the first time all, all season they run, they've hit that 40 yard threshold. So that was nice. But uh, no, I mean, overall, overall, I think they just played the guys that they did. And yeah, and real quick on the defense, man. It, was it Oregon State had one third down? I think at the end of the game, they finally completed one, right? Right. One third down, uh, one or two yards rushing. I'm so glad they gave him the safety because that dude did not get that ball out of the damn end zone. It's like, come on. Um, great, great catch by their guy to get a touchdown. But uh, defense was just all over the place because you don't know in a bowl game, even though they have, I mean, they have some young guys. And you mentioned this the other day, Mike, like, yeah, Notre Dame, you know, obviously Jagasaw and Baker aren't starting, but they're both pretty elite, you know, college football recruits going into the game where Oregon State doesn't, you know, they don't recruit the Charles Jagasaws. They're a development, boom, you know, work your way in over three years. And that was the difference. The defensive line for Notre Dame just overwhelmed them. Rubio had play, Heinish, obviously. Baptiste, I thought Baptiste and J.D. Bertrand were just the two stars in the first half at least watching it live, seeing their numbers. And that was nice to see two old, old dudes out there running around that they're going to all-star games. They're both got selected to go to the, you know, to an all-star game. So exciting, exciting for them that they played their butts off today. All right. A uh, tweet from Notre Dame that uh, I'll read for you, Tim, that makes gotcha. seven. You kind of touched on this. That makes seven AP ranked wins in his first two seasons at Notre Dame for Marcus Freeman, which is the most for any Irish head coach after his first two seasons. Terry Brennan had six in 1954 and 1955. Let me say this. I've been I'm, – I'm one of those guys that sits around sometimes and something cr- comes across on Twitter or even on the message board. I'm like, oh, man, I got an idea. And one of those was ranked opponents because this has been the big talking thing. You know, Parker stinks against ranked opponents the offense and stuff like that. So I just went all the way back to Bob Davey. 
I went all the way back to Bob Davey, and I just wanted to see every game Notre Dame has played against a ranked team, whether you're number 25 or number two in the in the rankings. Mike, going all the way back to 1997, today, Marcus Freeman, by winning this game, they're three and two this year against ranked teams. Ranked when you play. So I that you know, I don't I don't worry about the end of the season rankings. The only season, this is a crazy Notre Dame stamp for everybody. The only seasons since 1997 where the Notre Dame football team has had a winning record against ranked teams is 2002. Obviously the great defense that year. Charlie Weiss's first year, 2005. So you got Willingham's first year, Weiss's first year, Brian Kelly's, the national title runs of 12 and 18. 2020, they finished two and two. So, and then Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman in 2022 and 2023 has a winning record against ranked teams. I found that fascinating. Once again, the last coach to do that was Lou Holtz. So, scratching our head, we're banging our head when you hear 10 on the field against Ohio State. Why the hell you lose to Marshall and Stanford last year? Some just pull, you know, Louisville, who looked like a, a junior college football program the other night, atrocious in that uh, Holiday Bowl, making Miller Moss look like a Heisman winner for USC. How the heck did Notre Dame lose that game? All these things people are going crazy on. Any given Saturday. Any given Saturday. There's still so many. It's There's good things going on. Now, can this rookie head coach take all these things that really have not been ha- – I mean, there's things he's doing that Brian Kelly didn't do. Now, obviously, he's inherited in a solid football program on, on good standing, and he's recruiting off of that and bringing in good guys. But there's a lot of good things that are happening in the in the two years. Yep. Can he get him into the 12, Mike? It's year three. That is going to be the only damn thing that matters next yeah. year. If you're yeah. not in the final 12, it's, it's going to be hard to spin that. It just is. Yeah. he's like. There's a lot of things that are like, that stat we just popped up the screen. My favorite stat about the recruiting of three straight top 10 classes, something that Notre Dame hasn't done since 0608. Like there's a lot of things like that, but sorry, you got to start translating this and, and taking it to the next level. Um, yes. so that's gonna be something that's important. Antoine Gates says Colsey played singer. So um I'll have to take your word for it. I don't remember seeing him, uh, but I'm sure we'll see the uh, snap count afterwards from Pro Football Focus. Tim, one thing I did say going in this game, I was like, I think Notre Dame's gonna pound the rock. They have really good running backs, and the interior of the line is so solid. Price and Love um, were, were very good. Um, the numbers um, for both of those guys, uh, Jadarian Price, 13 carries for uh, 106 yards. Love didn't – you know, Love only carried 15 times for 39 yards. Wasn't But we we know Jordan – or, or um, Jeremiah Love is a, is, a, is a darn good back. Jabran Payne, I love his wiggle. Um, yeah. you know, when it, he can make you miss in a phone booth. Six carries, 24 yards. Then Devin Ford, four for 30. Uh, it was really nice to see those guys. Shout out to uh, to Chase Ketterer as well. Uh, carry for six yards and got into the end zone. But those two running backs, and then Tim, Ashton Craig and Pat Coogan are outstanding. And those two guys, when, when they were recruits, right? Pat Coogan is in the class with Blake Fisher and um, – uh, Rocco Spindler. Those were the headliners. Then even Caleb Johnson, who Notre Dame flipped from Auburn. He never saw the field of Notre Dame. He, he, he transferred out. Um, Joe Alt was in the 2021 class. Your boy Singers is singing Alt's praises. Coogan was kind of the forgotten man. And, you know, he's going to be 
um, you know, the last man standing from the 2021 group, um, of course, with uh, Fisher and all going to the NFL. But like Coogan is going to be two, two, two more years starting, maybe at Notre Dame. Uh, I think his eligibility, who, uh, yeah, no, one year because he's in the 2021 class. I think he's only got one year left. Yeah, but he redshirted, um, so he can be. Yeah, okay, year. yeah, just two. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see if you'd use both of those years. But Coogan's outstanding. Ashton Craig uh, in the 2022 class, the headliners. Uh, you know, Emil Wagner, um, you know, Craig was the three star from the Indy area who Notre Dame kind of uncovered late. He didn't get, he didn't start blowing up until before his senior year of high school. So not marquee players in Coogan and Craig, but guys who, when you go into 2024 are locked in starters, uh, and two of the best players on the offense. So absolutely love to see that. And then, uh, Hey, a $50 super chats. From Irish Van 10, thank you very much. Very, very generous. Says, cheers, fellas. Great win. And what a way to bring in the new year. Oh, by the way, speaking of the new year, is it August 31st, 2024 yet? Uh, no, not yet, Irish Van 10. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely get there. It'll be here before we get it. But thank oh, you yeah. very much for the generous Super Chat. So, Tim, anything on this Super Chat? And then, uh, you know, talk about the O-line. Yeah, August 31st at the next countdown. Notre Dame doesn't have to wait till game five to play their Super Bowl. Their Super Bowl is going to be immediately. Uh, someone mentioned earlier, like, oh, you know, it's a you know dumpster fire of a program. Yeah, they have 30 dudes out. But Mike Elko could coach. Uh, he's a hell of a football coach. They got, you know, Klein from K-State, who's a heck of a football coach. And it's A&M. So meaning they got some cash. And they will probably go out and get some portal dudes. And they will be a heck of a football team in game one. First game, that place is going to be rocking. It's going to be unbelievable atmosphere. It's going to be wild and crazy. It's going to be a night game, so it's going to be loud as hell, so just get ready for that. So there's no gimme. Notre Dame is going to be a preseason, you know, will they be a top 10? Maybe. You know, they're going to to be like this year, that 10 to 15-ish, I believe. Because Freeman has a four loss and a three loss. So, you know, what is the the hype going to be on him going into next year? So they're going to be that 10 to 15 range. Just, just, just beat A and M. Who gives a damn about the score? Because the schedule next year is a lot of cupcakes. Got to win that damn game and just handle business moving forward. And real quick on the O line, Coach Rudolph has done a hell of a job. I mean, he had open competition, and Rocco Spindler and Pat Coogan were left for dead and came in and just started this season. Beat out dudes ahead of them, which goes to show you how competitive they were and the coaching that he did. And then in this game, like the strength, that's why I thought it was going to be a low. I thought Notre Dame was going to struggle to get 20-ish because I thought their D-line was going to just, you know, cause more havoc plays, and they did it. And the O-line just just was unbelievable today. And that just goes to Joe Rudolph, one of the best O-line coaches in the country. He showed it this year when they were a semifinalist, and they're going to – I mean, this five, if this five stays together next year, they could go out and win football games. They're really right. strong in the interior – Jagasaw, once again, Charles Jagasaw has not had a winter conditioning. He's not, he's not been through the rigors of spring and the winter, which I'm saying that dude is an intense weightlifter. He's a high, high academic guy meeting. He's a high achiever. He never lost in wrestling in high school. So I'm sure he is eager to start kicking butt in that weight room. I see that guy being a 320-pound monster for the next few years on left tackle. He is. Yeah, yeah, left tackle solid. Let's just throw that out there. It's done. So, and uh, I and I know Notre Dame could win with Baker. Yeah, 
And if not, they got Wagner. I mean, but they, maybe they still do go to the portal for another offensive tackle just to, you know, add to that room. But, um, you know, that, that which would make sense after losing two tackles to the, you know, to the the pros. But, yeah, um, yeah overall, dominant performance for Notre Dame, 448 yards to Oregon State's 197. And how about this? Um, when you include sacks, Notre Dame, or excuse me, Oregon State just had two rush yards. Now, sack adjusted rushing yards, they had 23, just 1.9 per carry. It was a dominance, a uh, little performance by Notre Dame. Um, I'm going to look uh, just to throw out a stat since you, I had no idea that was the numbers. With that stat, Notre, this, you know, because now bowl games are included in the stats. That might be the lowest total yardage as a whole season. You know, when you look at the 13 games since 1980, when it comes to total defense, the the great 2012 game got devoured by Alabama and knocked their stats up high over three. You know, I think there are 300 for the season. So Notre Dame came in today right under 270 ish, I think. So holding them where they are, it, I think the lowest total yardage for a defense since 1980, which is just like nuts. Hmm. Nuts when you look at that. Yeah, we had one more stat that I wanted to read you, Tim, before we get out of here. Uh, the 32-point win for Notre Dame is the largest margin of victory for the program in a bowl game. It bests the 28-point from the uh, 20, uh, 2008 Hawaii Bowl over Hawaii. First safety for Notre Dame. Also, another stat, first safety for Notre Dame all year. And then if Notre Dame was going to get that shutout, I think that would have been the first shutout in, in, in program history in a bowl game. So I know, um, I know. And I'm like, I know. I've told you, man, it's like in coaching, as soon as you put the backups in, there's a couple first downs, you're like, oh my God, there goes the shutout. But it's like, hey, it, <laughs> it happens. But no, that stat is, uh, yeah, they, which, uh, by the way, that Hawaii Bowl, that broke Notre Dame's, I think, eight or nine, I want to say nine game losing streak they had in a bowl game. Uh, going on during, back then. Davey didn't win any. Willingham didn't win any. And Weiss with Jimmy Clausen throwing bombs to Floyd, Rudolph, and Tate. How about that? Yeah. Uh, beat Hawaii that night. So that was that was a fun day on uh, Christmas. A couple super chats. Brad says Riley Leonard, three touchdowns, three picks, 57% accuracy. Is he really starting caliber? Um, I mean, Notre Dame says so. Um, and then uh, – I mean, look at 2022 when he was healthy the entire year, completed 64% of his passes, just under 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, the six picks. Um, so, I mean, if you just want to go on 2023, you got to look at 2022 as well. But, Brad, really do appreciate the $5 super chat. And then Seth with 10, uh, thank you very much. He says, hey, guys, just want to uh, say really enjoy your show. I appreciate your analysis. They are spot on, uh, especially yours, Mike. I'm not sure I agree with Tim all the time, but my, Seth, Good. I really appreciate those kind words right there. Uh, he also adds not just in talking heads blowing smoke go Irish. Um, I added in a sentence there for podcast audience. I was just joking, but um, yeah. Well, Seth Griffin, I really appreciate uh, the super chats um, and uh, appreciate the support, my friend. And then uh, um, drunken here says singer, are you bouncing off the walls watching your boy and Jelly today? I'm not going to lie. When I watch the games, I don't cheer. I did a little bit today. I was so pumped that that 55 yarder start the game. I, I I did hoot and holler a little bit. I, I was pretty pumped. So hey, I, I was cheering, and then I thought I was going to throw a glass against the wall when he took that one sack back twenty yards. I'm like, "What the hell are you doing, dude? Come on!" It's like 
It's you a know, sack. They happen. You know what? I'll, I'll take a no, sack over a pick no, every day. No, no, exactly. Of course, of course they happen. But that's what I'm saying. The ups and downs. And then it was like, yeah. I was so excited because it's still his first start. There's all these five linemen that have never played together. There's so many good things that, that were going on. So, yeah, it was the good and the bad. I'm not saying that negatively. I was saying how excited I was. And this going to my point of I wanted Angeli to play. I'm so glad Hartman didn't play because it's – this experience, this game, was so much more important than had yeah. um, had we had everyone play. He, even for Jagasaw and Tosh Baker, I was you know when alt alt makes sense, and even Fisher, I was cool with Fisher. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine with that. You're gonna be, you're gonna get drafted. The NFL likes him. They're not. He's not gonna be some six round, you know, mid round pick. He's gonna go high because he's a Notre Dame offensive tackle. The NFL likes those guys. So. That was fine with that because now you got these five guys who got a whole 15 practices in a game heading into the winter conditioning. So a lot more positives when you look at who the opt-outs were, which goes to Marcus Freeman in recruiting and just keep bringing in guys. So when it's not their time come, they play. Christian Gray, uh, you know, Bowen at linebacker. Christian Gray played a ton today and was outstanding. So uh, Bubakar Traore didn't get in until the end, but my God, Mike. Is he just, just unbelievable? I mean, he looks like he's sick. he looks like Joe Alt out there, like his height. He just looks like a different dude. Where are they going to play him next year? Because he is going to be on the field. He's just a different looking dude out there. Right. Signing off with two super chats before we get out of here. Uh, first, Greg says, "Wait, didn't Singer want Harmon to play?" God no, I know I don't want him to play all year. I'd much rather Steve play all year. Um, but seriously. Um, I just think that I was kind of fed a lie. That's that's been my point on the Hartman thing. But you can watch a different episode for that. Cindy five dollars says first super chat. Thank you, Cindy. Thanks for a great year of Notre Dame coverage. Ten and three. Very excited for next year. Go Irish. Very excited for next year. Year three for Freeman. As Tim Hyde always says, it's a biggie. Thank you very much, Cindy. Uh, B Play says it's great to see the young guys playing well. And Jelly is a dude. Uh, Tim Hyde voice. 10 wins is a big deal for a young head coach. Young O-line has some size to it. Go Irish B-Place. Appreciate you as well. Thank you, everyone, for the amazing support this season. Uh, listen, there, to me, the season is not over. The season is really just beginning because we're shifting right into 2024. There's going to be so much to talk about this offseason. Recruiting is going to – recruiting – Notre Dame's 2025 class is in a really hot spot right now. So if you're like dabbling and wanting to follow recruiting a little bit, blue and gold is definitely going to be your place to be. There's going to be a lot to discuss with 2025 class. And maybe junior day. minutes around the corner. Yeah. Junior day. Junior day setting up. It's like, boom, guys are already like, Hey, yeah. I'm going to be around that Saturday, you know? So that's already blowing yeah. up. Yeah. During the text, I got a, a uh, during the game, excuse me, I got a text from a big time 2025 receiver told me he's going to be in Notre Dame next month. So I got to write that up tomorrow morning. Um, so lots going on right now. Um, and again, it's not the end of the season. It's really more about the start and the continuation kind of moving yeah. forward for Notre Dame. Starting three, so last super chat, would Notre Dame be in the playoffs if Angeli played all season? I have no idea. Tim, do you have any idea? No, they would not have been in the playoffs. Yeah, I, they would not have been a top four team. I know. They probably would have just jumped and gone straight to the NFL um, because <laughs> Angeli. But no, I, I pro probably not. But, you know, I'm not going to doubt the, the New Jersey kid. Remember, yeah, exactly. If, if so, if Angeli takes him to the playoffs, then that means he would have been 
uh, you know, what a redshirt freshman taking them to the playoffs, and the odds of that are slim. All right, we are signing off. Appreciate everyone uh, for tuning in. SDS, Happy New Year to you as well. Um, yeah, stay locked into Blue and Gold. We'll have much more coverage in the days and weeks to come. And Tim, we'll do a show sometime next week. I'll be in San Antonio next week for the Army, excuse me, okay. just the All-American Bowl. Uh, so I don't know what exactly that'll look like, but we'll do a show next week as well. For Tim Hyde, I'm Mike Singer. Appreciate you all, and we'll catch you next time.